table. Welcome to DNA Sports Talk. This is Don the D and DNA. This is Ace of the A and DNA. Where we come to you live each and every Monday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On WWE AM 1100, iRadio Now, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. Where we bring the facts about sports. If you don't agree, say so. Hello, welcome to DNA Sports Talk. This is Don the D and DNA. What's going on? This is Ace of the A and DNA. We're bringing facts about sports. You don't agree? Say so. 4460387707. Once again, 4460387770. Also live on Facebook as well as Periscope. Uh, we've got a bunch of topics to get into today. Live sports is back for one. It's been a long time, a couple of months. Um, I'm, I'm actually surprised you both are here today. Uh, since the U.S. Open is going to allow everyone to compete, I thought y'all would have, you know, went out there to, to try out to compete in the U.S. Open. Who said I didn't? What would, oh, so you didn't make it there? <laughs> That's why you're here. <laughs> I ain't exactly. gonna try. I ain't gonna try. I, I'm gonna treat Earth better than that. <laughs> Leaving divots everywhere. <laughs> Uh, yeah, once again, PGA came back, NASCAR came back. We'll get into that. Uh, a couple of sports, NHL, MB, MLB, are trying to get things underway. New proposals are out there. We'll get into that. And uh, NFL, arrest. As long as uh, people are quarantined and staying at home, you never know what could happen. But that's no excuse for some of the stuff that took place. If you was doing what you were supposed to be doing, you wouldn't be in the news. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this happened when they went outside. When they went outside. <laughs> Stay. Keisha Bottoms, you need to make a nationwide uh, request. Right. Stay at home. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> and then, of course, last night's final episodes of The Last Dance, which is where we'll get started with our discussion today. Uh, the 10-part series concluded last night. Um, any takeaway that you didn't know from last night's episodes? Uh, G O A T. <laughs> Go. I said that you didn't know. No, no. <laughs> Obviously, people didn't know. You know, help people out. You know what I mean? Cheat code was GOAT. G O A T. Um, uh, how, um, the follow up from Kerr and him fighting to how Kerr was just ready. Yeah. You know, so, um, there wasn't no fall off from from that. At least on the professional side as far as, you know, okay, we had it out, but now we're on the basketball court. Yeah, I'm ready. You know what I mean? If you call yeah. on me, no worries. Right. I I knew uh based on Steve Kerr's coaching with the Warriors that he lost his dad. I'm glad they went into more details about what happened and you know yeah, him I, being I, over I, in Beirut and yeah I kind of forgot about that professor so. over there and everything and how he got killed murdered actually yeah um, two gentlemen posing as students you know murdered him and he was uh, was second year at Arizona mm-hmm. he's freshman he's freshman. A freshman freshman at Arizona playing basketball and how that and how 
he never brought that up with Jordan when his dad got murdered. They kind of, you know, never talked about that. But you could tell even after their fight last week when they showed the episodes, there was a mutual respect, of course, of him standing up, but also some of the things that both of them had been through. Yeah, so, so, you know, some similar, you know, regardless of how the death happened, it's still death. Right. And so, and then, you know, then you add it as a parent, so fathers in this case, to both of them. So, you know, you're going to still go, the emotions you go through are going to be very similar to, you know, whether the person's life was taken purposely or, or the person's life ha- was taken, you know, just due to health conditions or whatever. You, there's, there's a majority of those emotions and feelings you're going to have regardless of how, how, how it happened, yeah. you know, so. And I think that that has shaped and given Steve Kerr a little bit more credibility as well because it's one thing when you were perceived to have had a silver spoon in your mouth or yeah, you, say, you, know. you haven't really experienced anything, but to that point... Don't nothing that, scare that, you that, about that, Arizona, do it. Like, I'm just talking about as far <laughs> but, as... But I mean, like, it drew them... It, it draws you closer. Let's say if it happens on the team, you know, you know that now you can go to your coach and that's one of the things that can bond you or you'll listen maybe differently than you would before. And that's one of the things, regardless of race or background, if you experience some of the same things, it's going to automatically draw you closer. Yeah, hey, or you, if you happen to be in the bubble, not saying Steve Kerr was or, 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 you know, whatever, but if you happen to, you know, getting out of your normal environment and being put into an environment where you have folks from all type, types of backgrounds, it should do one of two things. It should open your eyes up to realize that there are more... Um, things that we have in common than we have in, 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 right. in differences and whatnot. And then now when you start, like I said, again, you start, in the case of Steve Kerr, you start putting in, um, you know, tragedy in your right. life. And then that, that tragedy is a parent that happens to be a father. You know, then all those things, I can look at you, you can look at me and be able to say, you know what, yeah, I have those same feelings to your point. It doesn't that's matter. why it, sports it, is so encouraged is because it... It pushes limits and teaches accountability and also you're around other people and you got to rely on someone else. And that's the type of bonds that are are formed. And, you know, looking at this documentary, you can tell (laughs) even to this day, if Jordan were to see Scott Burrell, he would whoop his A on sight. (laughs) Like he said, but in a good way, because those are the type of bonds that, you know, when you go through war, and a battle with each other, and especially to earn a championship, and know this was the last time this was ever going to be done, and this roster was going to be put together. You learn a lot about yourself, about your group, and that carries on for years to come. And that was even one of the things Ahmad Rashad, who used to do the inside the NBA and NBA stuff, he had some of the living legends on a couple hours before the program. And you have Barkley and Shaq and Robinson, Stockton, Malone, Mitch Richmond, uh, Clyde, Dominique. And I think it was David Robinson said, I wish I had taken more time to get to know you guys while I was playing. You know, because we see each other now and we're trying to catch up from playing days. But back then, it, 
playing wasn't encouraged. I mean, um, playing with each other wasn't encouraged. So it wasn't like teaming up like it is now. Yeah. You didn't have AAU where you played together for yeah, no, a couple was, of years. You like were always a rival. And, um, you was a rival in college right. for four years. You was a rival once you got to the NBA because you didn't change teams that much. And if you did change teams, I, not, I don't have no percentage, but it was rare for... Uh, even if you got free traded, agency was, no, it wasn't even free agency until free like ninety three. Yeah, right. I'm saying, but even when you got traded, most times they didn't trade you to the other conference. So like you know, you take Clyde Drexler and those guys. Even when they left Portland, they stayed in the in the West, so they wind up going to Houston. You know, it you know, it wasn't you know. Granted, you have Barkley that left Philadelphia and went to Phoenix or whatever. You got those things, but a lot of times those guys stayed in the same conference. So even if you know they wind up on a different team. The only time we would get together would be on the All Star. Right. <laughs> and there, there's the part where, like, you're talking about, like, the, the players don't, they don't um, hang out a whole lot. Right. I mean, you hear, like, well, Jordan would have dinner with Ewing, but they played together on two different Olympic teams right. <laughs> and they against each other in college. But there's a part where uh, during the finals, I don't know if it was 97 or 98, but Jordan comes in into the arena, Stockton and Malone are sitting there in this, Secluded area, shakes hands with them and keeps it going. I mean, that, but that's like right. the most they could interact. Yeah, yeah. They, they probably, only had those few seconds. They were passing, I think, either in uh, interviews or something like that. Yeah. You know, or you spoke. Or, yeah, but, with Reg, with Reggie, like with Reggie, after his right. press conference, here comes Jordan. But they here have like Jordan. five seconds to right. talk to each other. That you talk to each other. It's a hey, how you been? We beat you. <laughs> uh, how's the family? Okay, good. Even Malone when he walked onto the bus. Uh, after right. they had lost, you know, Jordan was like, "Hey, man, you know, uh, how's the family?" So that's it's very casual, like you said. You only got a, a minute or two to talk, and then your off season, you're prepping, and you're, you know, you might have a chance then with the guys that you're close to, like Bark for Jordan it was Barkley, Oakley. You know, those are your friends. So regardless of what team they go to up I, until now, but after that, then. You really don't have a chance to get to your dream team I members the, that you. I think the other to. thing that hap- that wasn't happening then that's happening now. You know, the guys now control their brand, so well, yeah. so they create more opportunities to even have a conversation. So, so now that I'm in control of my brand, I'm in control of Nike or Adidas or whatever shoe deal or whatever. We all have a conversation about about deals. We have conversations about what's going on, you know, those those things happen more so because I am in control of, of my brand, whereas even the superstars back then, if they had a brand or had something, they weren't the one that was in control of it. It was still going through the team. It was going through, yeah. you know, whatever the marketing was. There was a lot of other people that had their hands on it. You weren't the, really the one that was in control. Until, Until Jordan came along and kind of but you but started facilitating more, that. but but even then though, Jordan, you know, well, yeah, you know, he still, I, you know, there were guys that were, you know, granted part of the Nike brand and all that stuff, but they still wasn't having those kind of conversations. That was still more controlled by by Nike or by whoever the the, the marketing company was. Whereas nowadays, the marketing companies are involved, but these guys are the mouthpiece to what's going on. If they don't even create their own, they create their own shoes now. The, they create, you know what I mean? Because of the. <laughs> The deal that Jordan struck up with Nike, well, yeah, yeah. which, of course, we'll never see that happen again because most of these companies are established now. What it would take is for a um, a shoe brand that we never heard of start to make a rise 
in the next couple of years, they sign um, whoever's up and coming that's supposed to be the next. But that you know, person, that whoever that person is. They signed Jalen Green. Yeah, yeah. right. But, but he, he got to turn into, I'm not saying Jordan, but he got to turn as far as he got to turn into a person. It's got to be will, LeBron, Kobe, somebody to yeah. where you hear their first name or their last name yeah. and you know exactly, exactly who they are. About. Yeah. yeah. You so. got to go by one name. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Seriously, it, it's yeah. it's sad to say, but so. I mean, that's how it is. Uh, looking also at Jordan, his when um, they're playing against the Pacers, by you know going up three one, and it's like, hey, it's John McDonough. It's no need to celebrate. You know that kind of mentality also is different today. Now we talked about that Pacers team. I and I believe Reggie Mill on this. They were a better team. On, on paper, they were a better team. Anybody was a better team on paper against Chicago as long as you putting up winning team and who else you want to uh, – who was they, they front court? Luke Longley. Okay. Not <laughs> Even Carl Edwards. I forgot Carl Edwards came over at one point. Um, they, had a, they had a deeper – the Pacers had a deeper team, but not that – Oh, the well, the Bulls had Jordan. It wasn't just that. Yes, it was. <laughs> well, okay, well, okay. Partly <laughs> when that. it comes down it to was, it, it was partly that, but also the Pacers didn't have a guy who could get his own shot. Reggie as Miller. great as Reggie Miller no, no, is, Reggie, he was uh, not taking he, anybody off he, the he dribble. He was coming off of screens. He was running around. He's a catch he and shoot. shoot. Yeah, yeah. And so once you smothered him, you stagnate. And Jalen Rose was a six man. He could. But, but, Six. Six, yeah. That's why but he didn't I'm start. Saying, but he that, didn't that's start. how deep yeah. they were, He though. didn't start, though. But that's how deep they were. Once you got past – No, no, all... seriously. Once you got past Jordan, Rodman, Pippen, who did you have? I'll wait. But I, that's that was enough. That. But that's three against two because now the, 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 the way the oh, – oh, oh, But you just said – No, no, no. What I just listen, said, that Pacers team. The Davises. No, but they weren't They weren't the focal point. They weren't the focal point. Mark Jackson. Who's the focal point of their offense? The focal point of their offense. No, the focal point of their offense was Smith. The ball went into Smith and then came out to Reggie. Reggie wasn't the focal point. Reggie was the focal point. No, he wasn't. They just worked it outside in, but he was the focal point. You get – it's the same thing Chicago did. Every single time, caught right, caught the ball three times. That was his three chances in the first but three you, minutes of the game to score. Yeah, that was it. So who's the focal but point? Smith was getting the so, ball. No, no, no. Who was the focal point for Chicago? It was Jordan the Pippen. Okay, so the but, focal point so was if it? you're the focal point. Yeah, if you're the focal point. Okay. Why did they go to Cartwright every single time from the very beginning? Because you want to get the big man involved. That's that's what any big man. Okay, any big so man. So you got Smith involved, but the focal no, point Smith was, was Reggie help, Miller. Help me out, Greg. No, okay. don't ask me no, help. No, don't ask me help. Don't ask me help. No, I want to do the focal no, point. In that, in that, in that era, era, yes. In that era, you wanted to get the, the big man the ball first. And so then, who was the focal point? No, but for Chicago, uh, uh, who was so, the focal point? For so switch was, arguments. No, I'm not switching arguments. arguments. No, it's just we're making this the focal argument? point. The focal, the focal point, point was Reggie Miller, was and then you get it out to Reggie oh, because they're going. If Smith gets Y'all going, don't watch basketball. If Smith gets going, what are they going to do? Double team, and who's going to be open? Reggie. Did they never double team Smith. Well, he never got going. What are you talking? Go look up his averages. Never got going means uh, he, he, he – hold got, on, hold on, hold on. Let me respond to him. Never got going means he never scored more than well, six they, points. Oh, they, let me finish. Oh, that see, means he never that's scored not six some, points. You, you that's got, not, not got going. Right no, no, you're talking about he never got going. So that means he's, he, didn't never, he never scored more than six points if he never got going. The line isn't six points. 
That's not that's not the line to where he never got going. How? What I mean is if he never got going to where he wasn't he wasn't scoring in bunches to where now oh we need to double team him. So what what bar do you want to change it to then? What's not going? Because apparently you want to move the bar. That's what I'm talking about the bar. I'm saying for that era, especially from 2000 back, you had a big man. You had a big man for a reason. You calling and help? You need no, to call help. Apparently, you need to call help. Hello, whoever's trying I'm, to call I'm, in. He, I'm he ask, needs some help. I'm okay, ask. all right. In that series, okay, in game one, he only had nine. And then he had 17, mm-hmm. then 12, mm-hmm. then 26, mm-hmm. then 12, mm-hmm. then 25, and then 13. So did he get going? In three of those games, he did. In three? In three, yeah. In three. So, again, so what's your bar then? Since you don't understand what get going means. 12? Because you're looking at the average now. Well, I mean, <laughs> if he if he was scoring like, if he was scoring 26, 25 every game, and like, okay, we like, like and at certain moments, the, okay, Smiths, right. we're we having a problem with Smiths. We need to double team him. And that, and then that's what, and that's when you kicked up. Straight I, up. I, and you know I why? I think, you, but they could. You know they could. They, they had could. five people on. They had five bodies to throw at him. They could. And, they could play and, him straight and, up. And the Davis so, boys so, weren't off his so, powerhouses. He wasn't, scoring, he wasn't scoring at a point where okay. if we don't stop Smiths, we're going to lose. It wasn't like that. So he wasn't a focal point. Yes, he was. When you come into, no, 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 listen, listen. Point. When you come into a game plan and the person is a focal point, you try and take that person away. Correct? Yes or no? Yes or no? Yes. Yes or no? Yeah, you just so take did, away. did the did the Bulls come in and say we're gonna take Rich Smiths away, or did they say no we're gonna take Reggie Miller away? Which one? Which one? Both. We got dead silence now. No, we, no, got, no. We, we no, got dead I'm, air I'm, now. No, okay, I'm, I'm, looking, okay. I'm looking at what Reggie okay. did in this series. Okay, yeah, I'll wait. Please, please pull up what Reggie did. Oh wait, we saw in the documentary how George said no, I'm fighting through a screen. I'm not switching anymore because. You know, I'll take the bumps and bruises on these screens and everything and get beat up to make sure there's a hand in his face to disrupt him. Why? Because he, he was the focal because, point. No, because he there's, there's, the, the Pacers had two scores. The two scores was an in-and-out game. It was Smith, and then it was Reggie. I said, who's the focal? Smith, you want the ball? No. To, I bet said you want the ball to go in and then come out because Reggie's okay. the catch and shoot. He's the off-the-dribble guy. This was Reggie's series against the Bulls. All right, game one, he had 16. Then he had 19, then he had 28, then he had 15, then 14, 8, then 22. So one time he was below double digits. But one, t- one time oh, he only, didn't get well, going. But only but one, one time he didn't get going, right? He got going twice, and Smith got going three times. They, did, they, did, they were their offensive power. The offensive power for the Pacers was either going to be Smith or going it's to be not. Reggie. Now, what you, you ask no, anybody no, on that no. team who the focal point is? Don't try no. and act like it was Rick Smith all of a sudden. Come on, y'all are both. No, we're not. Both y'all. So now, all started that year. That's yes, exactly. Ooh, and so was Horace Grant one time. Okay, and not not ninety eight. So, We're so, talking about ninety eight. So, so hold on. So We're about to that, no, no, no. Right stay now. on that point. Stay right there. <laughs> so, if he was an all star, you trying to make it seem like he was a focal point. So you going to say Horace Grant was a focal point on the Bulls team because he it, made when he made it, when he made he it, he was a yeah. focal point. He was the second guy. It was him he and was Pippen. A, who was the focal Pip- point? No, no, no. It no. was Pippen. Thank you. It was not but the Horace second Grant. guy. Was Horace Grant? I don't no care one, about the second guy. What I'm talking about the focal. Who are you focusing in on the game? I'm saying they 
were focused on Smith because they oh ran an in God. and out. Reggie never his game was never to get to the was to get to the paint and cause disruption and kick Nobody out. Nobody said that, get to that, the paint. Who are you worried about? I'm worried about Smith. No, you're not. Yes, no, you're I not. am. You just said they had five bodies. Exactly. No, so, so, so if you no, throw so five I, bodies so at him, so why? If you, why? Why? If you didn't, if he wasn't a they focus, they were all sorry. No, because you said no. Bill Winnington, Cartwright, yes, they, they were all sorry, right? They, none of them had no all, offense. They were all none sorry. of them had no they offense. They were all sorry. So they all had six fouls to give. Yeah, yeah, six fouls. You had thirty fouls to give. You better came in that when the game was over. You better had used twenty-seven of them. That's what. <laughs> so, so they were not a factor. On the defensive side, yes. And we 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 are ignoring that Chicago overall was a defensive prowess team led by Jordan. So against the Pacers, what were you going to do? I'm going to take away your two your two offensive options. One of them is Smith. The other one is Reggie Miller. Who are you I worried know about? I don't have to, who are you worried about? Who, I'm worried about Smith for us because Smith. So you so you worried about Smith scoring how many? Twenty six points. Anything plus twenty. You Please. worry about Smith at the beginning no, of the game. Don't. Maybe Reggie at the end. end. Yeah. Oh my God. Both of y'all are delusional. No, it's not. <sighs> now all of a sudden the big man don't matter. Now we talked about the big man all the last two weeks for this whole this whole last dance. But now all of a sudden in this episode, in this last nine and ten episode, the big man don't matter. And Smith was just you know a, a, an illusion of an offensive powerhouse. He wasn't a focal. <laughs> yeah, I believe he was. Stop the ball who, who, going inside. Who, that, and who's that's Batman? Not, and who's that, Batman on that team? It probably was. It probably no, that's not probably. No. Who was it? it Say no. it with your chance. Who was the Batman on the team? No, 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 no. The Don't ba- quiver. No, 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 who the, was no, the no, Batman? No, the, who no, didn't the have to be the leading scorer to be who, the focal point? Yes, who? exactly. Oh, my goodness. You don't have to be the leading scorer to be the focal point of the offense? So now, so so for that for that example, you telling me you telling me Reggie uh, Miller was Batman for that for this example. Smith was Robin. He I, was I, not the focal point. Gary y'all got to get that G- out G- your G- head. Gary Payton or Sean Kemp, who's the focal point? Gary Payton. You wrong because they you crazy for that series. Oh my god! For that series, Gary yes. Payton was a both both ends, offense and defense. Why do you think George Carl said, "You know what? I want to rest you." So you can score on the offensive I'm side talking of ball. For Chicago. You are the not, focal not, point. Not, I'm talking about for Chicago, who was the focal the focal point. Who was the person that could could do them the most harm in that in that series? It wasn't Peyton, it was Sean Kent. The person that could do them the most harm in that Indiana Pacers series was Smith if no, he got going. Because the way well, the game was played. According to y'all, in his stats, he got going all the time. No, he didn't. You only had <laughs> the three games. <laughs> That again, was, let's change the bar again. No, so no, what's no. Good? What's going? You asked, you asked for the stats. You asked for the stats. Out of the seven now? games, four of them, he only averaged averaged about thirteen points. The three games where he got going, he was 25, 24 plus. So let's get going. Now we didn't change the bar. I didn't. Again. I didn't say get. I, he said get going. I said he was, <laughs> he was always the focal point. And you te- you showing me Boy, a big man in that game. Y'all the, logic is horrible. What games did the Pacers win? Uh, they won games three, four, and six. What was Smith's average in those games? I can pull back up, but pull he back. had, he had, um, okay, game three, one, two, three. All right, he had twelve in game three, but then he had twenty-six in game four, and then twenty-five in game six. Those games they won. Those games they won. They won. Oh God! And Reggie Miller had one in those games. This is hilarious. Y'all are hilarious. 
the fact that y'all can think that get going now is up to 20 points. This is hilarious. Why is this to where if they if what I mean by that is if they have to change something strategically to stop him. They never did. That's the whole point. They played that juggle straight up. Well, he didn't get either didn't get the ball enough or <laughs> because he wasn't a focal point. Or he was point. being stopped. Because he wasn't a focal point. Because Reggie Miller was the focal point. Reggie was the focal point. <laughs> it was smith. The ball goes in and comes out. Reggie Reggie was Well, y'all as bad as that uh no, it's not. y'all as bad as the six hundred people no, it's that not. they interviewed. I, I will give about, you I will um, give you the six hundred fans where they had um Jordan basically winning by a landslide. They, they would as far as in that series, but we what we say all, right, all right, Reggie in the games that they won, he had two, three, 28, mm-hmm. 15, mm-hmm. and then eight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> here's how you answer this. Here's how you answer this question to, to, to Don right now. <sighs> this this how this how you end this argument real quick. Not a problem. So y'all sound like LeBron the two, fans. the two, no, the two people you y'all don't really want to do. beat you for the Pacers with Smiths and Reggie. Okay, the the game where Reggie hit that game winning shot, that was game four. He had fifteen points. Rick Smith had twenty six. In game six, which they had to win the force game seven, Rick Smith had twenty five. Reggie Miller had eight. Okay, you remember they, what happened? They so only, he wasn't the focal point. They only had. He was hurting the game, but go ahead. They only had we two. We played game seven. They yeah, only they had two he offensive did. power. They only had two offensive guys to go to for that Pacers team. The Davis boys were there for for rebounding, defense, and a presence in the paint because that's how the game was played then. Mark Jackson wasn't no – Mark Jackson has never been a person to come out and get you 25-plus. That wasn't his game, Nobody man. Nobody got 25-plus. There was a reason why Jalen came off the bench. He was a six-man or whatever. The reason why – It was only it, his second year. Even more – so you're not going to get that from a, a basically a rookie with his day in the headlights. You only had to worry about two teams. So they their their focal point was I can pl- and then I the Chicago was a defensive minded team. I could yeah, play straight. I could play well, straight we up. We saw that throughout I the can, whole thing. I can run five guys. At, points was like ninety. I can run five guys at Smith. I got thirty fives to give to him, and I make sure Pittman Jordan switch off on chasing right behind, and I got Kukos too, so I can run behind Reggie Miller all game. Or Harper. I got guys I can switch off and run behind Harper all day. I mean, run behind Reggie all day. They're a defensive-minded team. So they, you lock down their two offensive powers. Ain't If if they, one of the Davis boys beat you, then so be it. But you know you wasn't going to ever get a Davis boy to score more than 11 points. I didn't know two people could be focal. I thought when we were talking focal, we were talking about one. But that's okay. However, you got to change the narrative. I'm not changing cool. the narrative. That's cool. I'm saying the focal it's point cool. of the offense went, ran through Smith. Okay. He's saying he's he's huge. And that's your wrong opinion, and that's fine. That's No, it's right. <laughs> that's your wrong opinion. It's right. It's okay. For that series, was Reggie a better player than Smith? Yes, but for that series, I don't want I don't want their big man getting going because it changes <laughs> it he, changes everything's up. If the big man gets going, double team then. If you worried about him, why you didn't double team? Because I didn't have to. I had five guys to run at him. So if somebody got in oh, foul so trouble, I can run then. somebody at him. Then, then he could have scored 40. No, it's not. Place. Not when I got somebody leaning on me and I don't have a, 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 a another. He was 7 2. 
I don't have with another. A, shot, I don't right? have another big man right? that can score. You're not giving the ball to Davis. You're not giving the ball to the other Davis. The ball's going to go to his hand. So at some point, he's going to wear down. <laughs> he was their only hilarious. inside scorer. Exactly. That's because he was the only center on the team. Well, that, that <laughs> that's that's their fault for roster construction. <laughs> no, they had the other. Now uh, the, Antonio had a 15 footer. That's it. And Antonio for his whole career work. probably averaged seven point five points. So what they tried to do was get him that that shot that Oakley used to use. The the Pacers kind of kind of tried to mimic what the um, the Knicks were doing. And if they remember the Knicks, and then so, the focal point was Smith because the focal point in New York was was, was, was no, you was oh, you. No, 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 it was Starks. It, it, it was Starks. It was Starks. No, it was Starks. No, no, oh my bad. It was Oakley. Oh my bad. You know what I mean? It was it was X Man one year. If they're mimicking the, the, the Knicks, they're mimicking with through the big man. No, they their focal point. <laughs> Keep on going to the last Reggie day. Miller. You their kept, focal point you, was Reggie Miller. You kept talking enough and when you shut yourself in the no, foot. No, because you don't listen. <laughs> yeah, we do so listen. So keep laughing and listening. <laughs> Let me explain something to you because okay. you clearly don't they, understand. They, they, so what they, they mimicked the Knicks. They mimicked the Knicks. Okay. As far as their fours and their centers, they made sure that they had uh, a Davis that could shoot the fifteen footer, i.e., Oakley. They also had the other Dale Davis, who was the bruiser. And then they went in, like you said, they went in because Smiths could score from the offense. But that wasn't their focal point. Their focal point was Reggie Miller. I'll wait. No, I'm just waiting for I'm waiting, I'm waiting to hear how Reggie Miller ran the offense then by running through uh, a whole thousand screens. Exactly. And, but the screens okay. don't mean nothing if the big man's not getting going. Oh. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back and discuss and, more and, of the and, 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 Am I right? And hopefully these two will understand what they're talking no, about. No, and we get off we understand the clearly. The Knicks' focal point was Starks, clearly. clearly so. Yeah. DNA Sports Talk, 1100 AM. Be right back. <laughs> this is DNA Sports Talk. This is Don, the D and DNA. Make sure you check us out each and every Monday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time through TuneIn Radio, iRadio Now, and iHeartRadio. And make sure you check out DNASportsTalk.com. If you're more than just a Hawks, Falcons, or Braves fan, get the latest and greatest sports news on MLB, PGA, NASCAR, WNBA, NBA, NCAA, and NFL news and highlights. Kids follow your lead. Help them stay healthy. Wash your hands. Don't touch your eyes, nose, or mouth. And cover coughs and sneezes. Clean and disinfect the objects you touch often, like your phone, the remote, and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And if you're the one who's sick, stay home. This station is part of the Beasley Best Community of Caring, and we care about your family. For more info, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. Are you tired of eating the same thing every week? Then wake up your taste buds and go to the best Nolan style food in Atlanta. Copeland's of New Orleans in Atlanta has the best Cajun-style food, specializing in seafood. The Jazz Brunch on Sunday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. is the best of both worlds. If you're a sports fan, they have several TVs and a great bar to watch your favorite team. Just be careful if the Saints are playing. Tell them DNA Sports Talk sent you. That's Copeland's of New Orleans in Atlanta. 3101 Carl Parkway, Atlanta, Georgia, 30309. Enjoy food and life. Hey, folks, just a quick reminder that no matter the time of the day and no matter what day of the week, 
East Coast, West Coast, all points in between, we are always on. So go to your app store and download the Real 1100 app and listen wherever and whenever. The Real, Real, Real. And now back to DNA Sports Talk with Don Stinson and Asa Brown on WWWE 1100 AM. Hello and welcome back to DNA Sports Talk. We bring the facts about sports. That's you. I know you're still over there thinking about no, that. No, no, no. This is Asa A and DNA. <laughs> I'm, I'm, See, he he all off, man. Oh no, I'm good. Off. I'm good. Call in four four six zero three eight seven seven zero. I'm gonna run. I'm gonna see Indiana run this uh this Nick like offense without having the ball go through Smiths though. But okay, <laughs> I want to finish hearing uh, how that works. On Periscope as well as Facebook. Um, other thing from the last uh, dance, <laughs> I forgot the Utah Jazz only scored fifty four points in a game, an entire game. And this just wasn't a regular season. This was the finals. 54 points. I actually forgot. Oh, I, I need to pull up this box score real quick. I, don't, I, right. I, I, I actually I, I remember watching that game. I'm like, how how did this happen? 54 points for the entire game. I, I, I actually forgot on the last shot that they uh they had double team Malone and stripped him. And so when you go back, you know, they show all kind of angles. Um you know, Utah was about, Utah was going to their bread and butter. You know, Stockton to Malone, Malone on the on the block, and then he make a decision or whatever. But when you look at it, Malone got real weak with the ball. Even well, he got he what? got comfortable because got, normally I, I think wouldn't Hornacek set a screen or something like that. Hornacek well, set where, the screen, and then Hornacek would clear out but to Jordan the other stayed. corner. But Jordan, Jordan, and then Jordan, Jordan stayed Jordan, right Jordan there. Jordan left. Yeah, he let Hornacek go what he wanted to do. He he basically improvised on his own and just. Came around the backside, but even when he came around the backside, still he was still loose with the ball. You know what I mean? But like, he's too comfortable because yeah. I mean Rodman, he was, he was Rodman, Rodman would like be on you, but he's not reaching like that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So he got. I think he just got real comfortable with the ball, and he, you know, he was. And concerned. Jordan said he had saw they rent they, they, they run that play, play all day. And I said they, they were going to their bread and butter play. It right. was a bread yeah. and butter play. You know, get him on the block, um, and you know let Malone decide what he wanted to do. I just. Malone again, was come, overthinking. He was like, "Okay, I got him again. Instead of just what take kind it, of move should I make? Just this take time? it and make a move." He was like, "Yeah, he got caught thinking, but he got caught thinking with the ball down by his by his by his waist. You know what I mean? So even if you comfortable, the ball should never, regardless. But especially at that point, you know, the ball should never come down. Well, Rodman was on the left side yeah, too, on his so left he side, had yeah. to put it to the right side, away but, from him. But if put you it put high. it up this way, you got a chance of Rodman hitting. It. So you keep it to the side." On the right, kind of low, away from Rodman, who was kind of on the left hand side. But he still had it low and loose. It was just to me. To, I, I'm just saying. Jordan made a better play. Yeah, it just <laughs> at uh, the end of that, the day. Uh, in that game three, uh, this game three in '98, the Bulls won 96-54. Um, Malone had 22 of their points, but he was the only one in double figures. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, Stockton only had. Um, Hornacek had six. Mm. Shannon Anderson was the second leading scorer with eight. Yeah. See? 54 points. I mean, that just goes to show but, the defensive side that the Bulls had collectively. And only 23 in the second half. 
But you gotta look at you gotta look at the Utah as a whole. They didn't have any pure shooters. You, you Stockton wasn't gonna just take anybody off one on one. Hornacek was a pure shooter. He could shoot, he but could that shoot. wasn't his game. That wasn't his game. The point guard gave everybody was a shooter. was a catch and shoot. He wasn't to take a guy off the dribble. Wait a minute. What's a, hold on? You're saying pure shooter, or you need to take somebody off the dribble? I'm talking about be able to create their own shot. Like okay, that's two day, different things. My bad. What I mean by that pure sh- create all create their own offense. Stockton wasn't going to be able to create his own offense. Well, he was a pick and roll. That was the offense, though. But he wasn't creating his own. There had to be somebody else involved. So the pick and roll requires somebody else. Same thing with Hornacek. Hornacek is a catch a catch and shoot guy, or they got involved in the pick and roll. Malone was the only guy that could really create his own shot one-on-one, face, back to the basket. But it was all but mid-range. You had, to, you had to throw the ball to him. Yeah, what I'm saying, it was all mid-range or in the paint. It wasn't like, you know, he going to take anybody out to the three-point range or long distance or whatever. Anthony Carr, Carr, okay. But like, what'd you say, Shannon Anderson? Anderson, Anderson that's that, the only one. He, he we took, now now we one. might call him a scorer. You know what I mean? He's but he wasn't nothing deadly. You know what I mean? To be like, oh, I'm a, I'm gonna be. But a, the thing of I gotta I'll be happy with think if, about if Shannon it. was but think going about it. off. Utah. Always, always ran the pick and roll. You yeah. knew it was coming, oh, yeah. but yet up until that point, they were averaging. They were the first, they were the number one leading scorer in the NBA. So you knew it was coming, and you still couldn't stop it. I mean, that's a credit to them. No, no, I'm not. So, like I said, the first three championships, other than the Lakers, I thought Seattle, I thought uh, Phoenix had a. I mean, Portland, those those guys had a bet, had better rosters. The last two with Utah. Chicago matched up better across the board. They had the defense. They had the bodies to throw at that pick and roll again. I you got you got six fouls, it's, it's five fouls, and six of y'all. You, we better go into we, at the end of the game. We should have used twenty seven of them. You, you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, I'm wearing on you. I'm fouling. I can I can lean on you. But, I, Okay. I can, well, I can, I I can overplay this, the lane. This today's game. This was then. That was you then. keep leaning. You keep leaning. I get it, but I, I mean, I can play the lane. I'm not worrying about for that. Though. I'm not worrying about fouls though. As I can, I can reach in. I can, I can, and after a well, while, yeah, you have reach in and, fouls. And, but no, but I'm saying after a while, I'm disrupting timing. Instead of instead of Malone catching the ball at the block, he's catching the ball two steps outside the block. So you know what I mean. His 15-footer or his move to the paint is a, is a, is a few feet further away than he's used yeah, to the whole season. But it was a reason season. why, and I can't believe I'm defending him. There's a reason why he won the MVP that year, though. No, I'm not. I'm not saying. <clears throat> what I'm saying so is, when you got a game like that, it's a reason why you MVP. It's a reason why you number one in scoring. So, and they had beat the Bulls that year. Remember, that's when um, Kraus said what he said and kind of shook up the team right before they um, they played each other, which was about, um, like, a, I think a week or two before All-Star or something like that. When, when, you, when, you only, when you only two or three deep at a position, and if one of those guys are important to the, to the rotation, you will play differently. You may not play as physically or do, take chances or reach in or things of that nature. Early in the game, you might do it later in the game, and that's how sometimes files, you know, Ref sees certain kind of plays early and then don't then see the plays different late. They'll blow the whistle, whether it's a foul or not a foul. But when I got five guys, I can run at you, and no one's worrying about two fouls. It's not going to stop what I'm doing. It's not going to stop me being aggressive, me reaching. At, at, at some point, refs will hold a whistle because you are doing. He's, he is seeing the consistent in play. And so now, again, 
if I'm able to push you two steps out or because I'm not going to, I'm tired and I can't fight for that position in my sweet spot and I catch the ball a little bit, a little bit higher in the paint. Uh, you know, now my jump shot, instead of being 13 or 14 feet, now it's 15 or 16 or 17. My percentage has dropped. Oh, I don't want to go to, I don't want, I can't go to my left because, you know, they're coming. And, and, it wasn't and, like and, and someone's old, wasn't no and someone's coaching someone's, that though. Sloan put them in different positions to win. You blame that, blame it on. I'm not blaming nobody. I'm just no, saying. I'm, I'm, I'm blaming it on the everyone who voted for Malone being MVP because <laughs> I gave Jordan a reason. You know what? We they should go back to that giving out the MVP in during the, play, the put, during the playoffs. Play, yeah, because it gives some people maybe mm-hmm. motivation. Mm-hmm. But, but we've, uh, we've seen a moment like that. We saw well in the finals in '97. That was when Malone got the MVP. Right. And look at in '95 where uh, David Robinson won MVP. And they're playing the Rockets. So Olajuwon went, averaged went like off. Right. 40 in that series. Exactly. So that's why they should go back to that. Give that person like, oh, this is the MVP? Okay. Let me attack that particular person. Mm-hmm. And it also goes to show Utah hadn't changed their ways either. Uh, we talked, uh, we've been knowing for a few years now. It wasn't the, the flu. It was a food poison. But we saw Westbrook have a problem this past season. Well, this season. Uh, somebody else had a problem with fans. Utah, for whatever reason, is one of the toughest places to play because of how the fans treat not only the players but also the families, which is why Jordan family wasn't even there. They were in Utah, but was um, they really, yeah, but not at the game. They have Utah has some of the yeah, they're loud, but they are. Some, they're terrible people as fans. <laughs> they're terrible people. Utah. They're not good people. State of Utah. <laughs> Ogden. Oh, oh, Salt Lake City. Send That's me some good people. Provo. That's some good people there. Send me I'm, all I'm, the I'm, I'm going to call all of Utah. Provo. Ogden. I, I had an old, Salt Lake uh, City. I had an old podcast, and I had a segment called Utah is Offended by Everything. Because they are. So they, they are offended nah. by... I, I mean, will they're offended by other basketball teams I, I, and certain players making lots of money. I will give Utah this credit, though. You, when Back then, when you came out the airport, they had a huge, giant, double life-size statue uh, poster of Karl Malone when you leave out the okay. airport and, you know, say, welcome to Utah and Salt Lake City. And as soon as you pass that, it was this huge, he was the man huge, out like, you know, life-size life um, uh, poster coming out of, out of, their, out of their airport. So, you know, in those days, you know, they went hard for their team. They did. And, they still uh, do, apparently. They, I mean, they still do, but like I <laughs> To I, a detriment. I, yeah. To a detriment. Um, but again, why were five guys I, I can understand why five guys bring a pizza because they thought they were gonna see Jordan. I mean, cause I'm pretty sure you ordering late at night, well, nothing is you, open. You ain't, got it's like, one, hey, you ain't got about one hotel. Right. Or two. You know what I mean? Hey, Everybody knows. room service. Yeah. So it was like Okay, got to be somebody from the Bulls. And then I would have, which I don't know if this happened. Hey, I'm not bringing it. It's for Jordan. Okay, I'll bring it. So, you know. (laughs) Well, maybe they just thought it was anybody on the Bulls. I'm pretty sure. Well, listen, you, 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 well, it could have been anybody, but yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if they put it under Jordan's name. 
But just because it was going, to I the think Bulls, it's because it was going, going like to it's Bulls. to the Bulls, it's, it's to the, the Bulls hotel. We, right. we gonna get everybody sick. Right. I mean, listen, <laughs> whoever took a bite of it. Now they used to, they used to teach whether them. it was intentional or unintentional. Teams used to do this. Whether though. they teams, put some on it or they use some old meat or yeah. whatever. Teams used to send. I think they use old meat. Yeah, teams used to right. send, 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 send the uh, the, the the ladies. Right to the team, make sure you know they don't get a good night's sleep. Right, knock on the door, all kind of stuff. You know, just you know, stuff hey. happens. <laughs> Teams know where you where you're gonna be at. You know what I mean? So again, it ain't but two or three hotels that would be able to have the type of security that would be required. You know, right. you know, so you know they're not staying at a Holiday Inn. You know, they're gonna be at the Marriott or Westin, the the nicest Holiday Inn in, in Salt Utah. Lake City. Yeah. Express. It's the Western. I'm not trying to get no promos from Holiday Inn. Y'all know what it is. Hey, it, hey, we take that promo, you know Holiday Inn. I'm talking about Holiday Inn then did not have maybe what the Holiday Inn is now, but then <laughs> it was the Western or the Marriott or whatever. I'm not sure Holiday Inn owns the Marriott, but, you know. Or were they part of that Part uh, of that tree, chain, chain yeah. But if it was Holiday Inn, it was the Marriott or the Holiday Inn where they was going to be. But, um... <laughs> uh, Toward the end of it, who do you blame for not giving them a chance to go for seven? So, that's a, that's a good question. Or you I'm, can put a pie. You I'm going to do a pie. I'm going to do a pie. I'm going to do 50% Jordan. 50% Jordan? If Jordan don't have the lead to go play baseball, which I believe he had the lead. No, I'm talking about at the end, the last dance, going for seven. Seven rings. Well, I'm going to the I'm doing the whole thing. Like just the next three peak, Jordan he might have had his seven or eight if he hadn't hadn't let the leave for baseball. So maybe you know, maybe if he had stayed for he had stayed and won and won seven out of eight, or went eight for eight, maybe they talking about going for nine for nine and ten for ten. You see what I'm saying? So I'm I'm, I'm I don't know I don't know if I, I think get they, half. I, think I don't know lose. about half. I think they I don't lose. know about half for Jordan. I think they lose the so first one. Forty percent then. Houston. He got a whole. He got a whole something. I'm. I'm giving fifty because I believe he knew why, time, why would, he was. I would say like, or why he left. Like fifty percent Kraus, and I would say thirty percent Reinsdorf. Even though he tried a you know a last ditch thing at the very end, but Kraus. He said it at the in at uh, before the 97-98 season. Okay, Phil, this is it for you. I don't care if you go undefeated. This is the last year for you. Yeah, who does that? And with Reinsdorf, I give him a, a significant uh, how do you significant let, blame how, how, because how he let it happen. happen. Yeah, he's the owner. So I get yeah. Like if you're the owner, you should want to like. Well, hey, I want to I want to keep winning as long as we can. And he's even said that the 2005 World Series with the White Sox means more than any of the Bulls championships. Yeah. That that it means that much more to him, and he tried that last ditch thing, which I felt was, I got insincerity from it. It's like, well, Phil, you know, if you want to come back, you know, we want you to come back. And then Phil was after all the things that Phil just went through with that last season, and and he's like, he didn't want to. I he said he didn't want to do that to Kraus. I just feel like he didn't want to deal with Kraus anymore. Who he was done. To? So if you've had a a manager, a boss, supervisor that you've been dealing with, dealing with, dealing with for year upon year upon year, and they just flat out disregard you, nasty to you, said, I'm getting rid of you at the 
at the end of the, uh, your, this year, I'm tired of dealing with you. You go out and have one of your best, you know, performances as an employee. Do you really want to come back when the when your VP says, "Hey, we want to bring you back"? Well, I mean, in this case, he, he they already and you know you're gonna to have to deal with this person again. Well, money changes everything. So, Sometimes, not not I mean, everything. I, I get it. Right? I get it. So y'all y'all taught me down a little bit. So just the last three, just the last one, but they already knew that it was over if they wanted or not. But I still I. To go for seven, I'm I, the reason why I put that on Jordan because he could have had his seven if he had stayed and 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 tried it after the first repeat. You know what I mean? So I'm putting the onus on him for uh-huh. having to leave, you know, baseball for whatever reason, whatever reason you wanna. He left, you know what I mean, and left a hole and then came back to get the next three. So you know, I put fifty percent on Kraus because he was the initiated, the instigator, the problem in all this. I put. Um, 40% on Reinstorf because he could have squashed all this yeah. and said, you know what, Kraus, you've done good, but eh. And then I got to give 10% to Phil just because you're the coach. You know everybody. If you come back and say, hey, let's give it one more go. Like so Jordan you- said, Jordan comes back. You got to find a way to get Pippen back, which I think Jordan would have kind of yeah, helped that. Come Rodman back. comes back. Kerr comes back, who mm. got traded. Pippen you know, been coach a- is, is back. I think a, a part of it, and so you don't. I, I don't know. No, you don't get the players. No, no, no culpability. I don't think they had. No, because they, the players didn't questions. have a whole lot of control. Because the same thing we talk about now is the players have so much mobility. It's the players' league. Yeah. Back then, you know, we yeah, saw that yeah. they were scared to even ask for a new contract right. yeah. extension yeah, or yeah, anything. Yeah. No, no, so that. it was more on the owners at that point. And that's the reason why I'm saying if you wanted to get seven, you should have stayed. It would have been. Early. That, that's all I'm saying, you know. It would have been difficult for the it would have been very difficult for the Bulls to bring a majority of those players back because Pippen was going to be a free agent and he was going to want more than 18 million over 7 years. Uh Rodman was going to be a free agent. But well, for and one was he year. worth that? For one year. I think you do it for one year. You bring everybody back for one You sign a one like, year. what's the point then? Pippen would have got and they said it. Pippen would have had a one year 14 million. Jordan probably would have been close to his 30 or whatever. What's, what's the point of all these one-year contracts? To give it one more chance. Like Jordan said, that's the thing that still to this day eats at him is we never had a chance to defend it. Like, give us the one more chance. And then if we lose, okay. I get you. But give us the chance to go out and defend it. You know, playing pickup ball, you keep running until you yeah, lose. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. You I, sit down, I, I you play it. game that, yeah. after game after I, I game, and then you like, you know what? And of course, unless it's time to go home and everything, it's like we gonna keep going until somebody and, but, beats and, us. And, then, and, and that's that, part of the mystique of that is, particular dynasty. We'll is never that know. We'll never know. They blew it up. It was up. a lockout year, so they would have had a chance well, to we, rest. I mean, it, it, the dynasty has mystiques twice because this that that Bulls team in two different two different time frames has the mystique because we don't know what would happen because Jordan left after the first three. You know what I mean? So those two years. When they still made the Eastern Conference final, we don't know if they would have beaten Houston or not. And then turn around. I they think went, they lose one and, of them. And they win three more, and then we don't know if they could get a four-peat. But I, so that's why I'm saying I'm giving some culpability to Jordan because that seven and eight is the, re- the reason why he doesn't have a seven or eight or the reason why he's not seven and one or eight and oh or seven and two is because okay. he left. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, in leaving, though, to that point, 
We don't know. And this is why debates and things are always going to be brought up. Like and you're saying with the with we'll see. Pippen would have been a, Pippen was a, a free agent. Rodman free agent. Kerr's a free agent. Uh, Kerr got traded. Okay, they well yeah okay they traded him to the Spurs. Okay, I thought it was a free agent. They did a sign and trade with Pippen. They did a sign and trade with Pippen. They they cut Rodman. Right, they released Rodman. Uh, Kukos was already there. Harper, Harper. I think Harper was a free agent too. Harper was a free. I think he was a free agent. Yeah. Because the only ones the only ones who were there the next year were like Kukoc and Winnington, and Randy Brown. Nobody's. Everyone else was gone. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Bring everybody back for one year. You sign that one year, we're going to give you your money. Let's see what happens. And then you're going to rebuild anyway. And that was the thing. Phil said he didn't want to stick around for a rebuild. So you give it one more go. You get everybody back. And I think it's one of those things everybody had to be on board with it. Like, hey, make sure everybody on board. Because if we all on board, we'll do the one year. We'll get everybody signed. We'll figure it out. And then we start to rebuild. And then everybody's free to go. Retire, I guess trade, you, whatever you need well, to do. Well, you got, you got, uh, you got, you got the Bills ownership. They were Dame Dash, and Jordan was like, "Well, okay, you got you a hole, build you another hole." Right. <laughs> um, I but again, I I get the way you presented the question. All right, yeah, all of it's going to be on ownership, but the way I look at that question is the reason why J- Jordan doesn't have a seventh ring or eighth ring is because or a chance for or, one or a chance for one is him. So that's why I'm throwing. I may come down off my fifty percent. Y'all taught me down off that. I, but I, I you know give him I mean? like ten percent. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. But there's some culpability in there. That's all I'm saying. That should belong to 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 Jordan. And then some. He can't walk scot free out of this whole last dance. Now we know it's all about him throwing the roses to him. But you got to <laughs> you got to give him some you got to give him some thorns too though. You got to give him a thorn or two. <laughs> and looking at it too, with Phil. He took, what, the year off and then came back and coached the Lakers. Mm-hmm. So it was also a chance for him to just But I also feel maybe away. that's maybe the ownership is tired, too, to a degree. You know what I mean? Now, granted, I don't agree with how they went about doing it, but, And to know. say that they were kind of old, though, I was like, uh. nah, nah, nah. The team? Yeah. The team was kind of old. But I mean, look who like they were Pippen, going to play. Pippen's like 32, 33. Three. Rodman's 37. Yeah. Jordan's 35. Um, Winnington's like 35. Harper was 30. Harper was uh, Didn't he 33, 34. Four. Maybe, he, yeah, he was in between Pippen and Jordan. So 34, I think. Um, I think Kerr, that's Kerr was old, like... That's an older Kerr was like 33. Team, considering all of them played at least three years in college. You know, that was a time where you yeah. didn't come out early. So everybody played three years. Kukoc was only the young guy on the team. Mm, and not really. But I, I mean, mean, he might. I at think he was seven. No, well, I think he was like. Well, yeah, he might have been 27, 28. Right. So, but again, give it one more go around. See what happens. If you lose it, then okay, fine, that's it. Um, the other thing before we get out of here, what what was funny was when they um, beat Indiana. He saw Bird in the hallway and said, "Yo, B, f you." So that word B or ho that he used at players, you know, everybody got all upset over the last week to my oh, he wouldn't talk to me that way. He be, everything it is was in context. Just, right. Everything's in context. So he said it to Scott Burrell. Everybody's like, oh, he bullying Scott Burrell. He talking. He used it at bird. So 
and, and, and if it was something, Bird would have turned around and hauled off and yeah, smacked yeah. him. <laughs> so, again, to that Pacers team, to that Pacers team, if I'm not mistaken, Bird was kind of the architect to that team. Yeah. No, I, I think that was his first year. That was his first that year. His first year with at, Pacers. As that coach. was his first year as a coach. As a coach, okay. Yeah. So, but even still, I'm just going to hop back onto this. I got a coach from the 80s that played in the 80s. How did they play ball? Play physical. They're gonna inside out. Yeah, you, your, your two guards and all that. They worried about their shots later, not, not initially. Uh, so Bird was the man on that Celtics team. Yeah, right? yeah but was he the focal oh, okay. point of the offense? Yes, he was. No. So, so, <laughs> no. Oh, I, I, I think McHale was. It, it was McHale in Paris. Yeah, it was inside out. It was inside out. Y'all really gonna say Bird would get the them Celtics. the ball. Y'all really because gonna he sit can, here? No, 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 he no. Hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish. The ball. I want to make sure y'all understand this stupidity. Y'all really gonna tell me that the Celtics back in the day were not focused around Bird? Bird was not the focal point. No. We going to break. I can't do this. I'm going McHale. This, I'm not doing this. Y'all ain't gonna get up my I'm nerves. I'm going McHale. At some point, Bird became the focal point, but not at some at, at some oh point through his doing. But he was. When Bird got oh there, Mikhail, Paris, them them guys were already established veterans who oh who demanded. Goodness. Go back and do your history. It's all good. <laughs> no, you do your history. I know I'm good. Bird I'm, was the focal point. Your focal point means he has to be the best player on the team. And, he was the and, focal and, point. And your best player is not always the focal point. What? When this you run in the this, office. We're going to break. This is DNA Sports Talk 1100 AM. I know you're, you're, Hopefully when we come back, they will have drunk something nah, that will nah, nah, you know, good. ease good. whatever stupidity they on right we, now. We good. We'll be back. You are tuned into WWE Hawkville. AM 1100. The opinions expressed during the sponsored programs on this station are strictly those of the program hosts, guests, and callers and are not necessarily those of Beasley Broadcast Group, this station, its staff, other advertisers, or agencies. This is DNA Sports Talk. This is Ace of the A in DNA. Check us out each and every Monday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WWE AM 1100 or DNASportsTalk.com. If you're more than a Falcons, Hawks, and Braves fan, Check out the latest and greatest in sports and news on MLB, PGA, NASCAR, WNBA, NBA, NFL, and NCAA news. Jackie Robinson. When you hear that name, you automatically think of strength and courage. You think of someone who broke down barriers. It's time to add another name to those qualities. Cicero Murphy. Haroling from New York, he is the only black American world title winner and Hall of Fame inductee into the Professional Billets Hall of Fame. Did he endure the same treatment as Robinson? What motivated him to get to the top of a Caucasian-dominated sport and stay there? Pick up a copy of the book, Big City Nights, the biography of the legendary Cicero Murphy. It is beautifully written by his grandson, Tyreek Murphy, recounting what made his grandfather a historic man. You can go to Amazon and get a copy of the book for your Kindle or in paperback form. Make sure you go and read about the billiards Jackie Robinson, Big City Nights, the biography of Cicero Murphy. Hey, I'm Murfinetti. You can say Murfinetti Collection is the newest comfortable, luxurious, and trendy exclusive fashion line that fits its diverse clientele. From the music industry, to the sports world, to the judicial system, to the political world. 
<laughs> to the average everyday professional, Murfinetti Collection is the new way of life. www.murfinettifashions.mybigcommerce.com Once again, you can shop Murfinetti Collections at murfinettifashions.mybigcommerce.com or just six the staff here at real 1100 am would like to encourage you to social distance yourselves while you may feel disconnected you can always connect with us at real 1100.com so remain at a safe distance call text or email a friend and tell them to join you at real 1100.com And now, back to DNA Sports Talk with Don Stinson and Asa Brown on WWWE 1100 AM. Hello and welcome back to DNA Sports Talk. This is Don of DNA. What's going on? This is Asa the A and DNA. We're bringing the facts about sports. You don't agree? Say so. We don't agree today. Well, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> Neither one of y'all are We don't agree today. today, baby. We don't agree today. <laughs> You're not going to disrespect the big man. From the, it's no disrespect. It's just not the focal point. Oh, okay. That's all. <laughs> um, yes, we finished up discussing the last dance. Hope everyone enjoyed it. Can't wait to sit down and binge watch it now to, you know, later on since there are uh, – not as many live sports, but live sports thankfully is back. And one of those was NASCAR over the weekend. They're in um, Darlington, South Carolina, South Cackalack, for the next uh, couple of days, actually, a uh, few days before they head over to Charlotte. And um, at that point, we'll see what happens uh Coca Cola 600. But in Darlington, shout out to Kevin Harvick. We had no idea what was going to happen no. they haven't been able to usually, practice usually kevin harvey's the bridesmaid and he won this no that's martin truex jr's usually no that's kevin, kevin harvey, harvey yeah, yeah. i think we mentioned his name last week but still you have no idea who's gonna win it they ain't raced in two and a half months you know physically raced you know right and uh and so you didn't have you haven't had pit crews together and right you know different scenarios and all that kind of stuff so you had no idea what was going to take place what's going to happen right and um, we were privileged enough to uh, sponsor one of the races Saturday night, the iRacing, that um, took place on the Phoenix track. And um, shout out to Philip for, for winning that particular one. Uh, great race and um, uh, excellent announcers. Uh, top notch uh, how everything was done and the, the driving that took place. And several wrecks. Uh, that took place, unfortunately. And um, before we go to our caller, let me go back real quick to uh, NASCAR and Darlington. It was great to see Ryan, uh, Ryan Newman back on the track after that near-death accident that took place uh, almost three months ago. For him to be back behind the driver's seat and racing was great to see. Uh, we got a call on the line. Hello? Uh, hey, what's up, boys? Hey, what's, what's going, going on? on? <laughs> Man, oh, man, it's been a crazy Saturday and Sunday. Kevin Harvick with the dub at Darlington. Yeah, it was. Um, so I was uh, upset that uh, Jimmy Johnson had uh, a wreck uh, uh, right before, I want to say, stage two. It was maybe 
about ugh, my memory's getting bad now. Maybe seventy yeah. laps in, uh, when yeah. he had his, which allowed, of course, uh, Keselowski to to win stage two. Man, all I can say about Jimmy Johnson is what a noob. <laughs> hey, man, it's Jimmy's last. <clears throat> this is last year. This is last season. But hey, we know we, know, this, we this, know what you think of Jimmy, though. Them, them boys, them boys have mirrors, spotters, radios. I mean, there was there wasn't a dull moment in the race. But I think the highlight is. When Jimmy Johnson cut right across the 17's nose. I mean, come on, Jimmy. You're a seven-time <laughs> champ. You should have known better. Yeah. But it was glad. I was just glad to see you racing back. And I think a lot of people, I was looking at some of NASCAR's comments and um, tweets. A lot of people were saying, hey, you know, I never watched NASCAR before. But since this is uh, live sports is back and this is the only sport that's on, I watched it and it enjoyed some of it. So I think it was a good chance for NASCAR to be put on the front stage to start getting some casual people who we're not expecting them to watch every race coming up. But when it's on, they might stay and watch for a little while. What NASCAR needs to do in this aspect is what soccer did, I say, about two World Cups ago. They really need to get some announcers on that explain the sport, explain what's going on. I think like for any sport, that you watch if you once you understand the rules and I know NASCAR is a little bit harder because there's a lot of technical stuff there's a lot of things as far as tire size and all that kind of stuff and pit stops and all those things that go on that uh, can can determine whether you win or lose a race but I think NASCAR needs to make a concerted effort on these next couple of races you know there's no fans there so spend time as far as the uh, NASCAR one-on-one. One NASCAR yeah. one-on-one. NASCAR one-on-one. Spend, spend that time. Yeah, educate them. I agree with Asa wholeheartedly. Yeah, so I mean, Larry that. McReynolds, I mean, he used to, they still do it occasionally, like the car cutaway and, uh, you know, the breakdown. Larry McReynolds does a pretty good job with that. And, you know, Larry McReynolds comes from a uh, extensive racing background and working with Dale Earnhardt, too. So, um but they need to go further in depth and explain that these guys aren't just guys in cars, you know, going in circles. There's a lot more to it. Oh, is that? Yeah. So, you know, I don't know how deep you go or whatever. And, and some, some, some people are better at explaining and, and making analogies for people to understand and others. And I don't know how you go about doing that. You see it now on with, with NFL and ESPN Monday night, they're having a hard time finding somebody to be in the booth or whatever because it's not an easy replacement it's not easy to, to have do. people in there. But I'm just saying, I I enjoy soccer a whole lot more because ESPN got it right a couple of World Cups ago. Um, and, you know, and the first, the first, first, first rounds and the quarterfinals, they took, they really explain, well, you gotta explain it. they really explain, you know, strikers and midfielders and 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 what teams are and trying not to, to say do. The, the guys um as you mentioned um gordon and the guys that are in there aren't doing a great job just bring in someone who can dumb it down dumb it down, dumb like, it down dumb for it the, down the average down person because once somebody once somebody <laughs> understands what's going on i guarantee you you don't have a, a problem in them coming back so right. like you know 
by us doing this show and talking to you, Dustin, and things of that nature. I We've learned a lot. I, le- right. I, I didn't realize exactly. that. You know, I mean, you, you know, you start using big old technical terms and, and you know mechanical terms and acronyms like OEM or Camber, Caster, Toe. You know, you tend to lose people, or even the terminology that's often used when, you know, NASCAR drivers are coming in for pit stops, wedge, track bar adjustments. You know, people at home and viewers, they're not going to know what that kind of stuff is. Um, you know, if they're especially new to the sport, they're going to be like a track bar, what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, it's, you know. Explain the cars and the setups and, you know, why, why um, Harvick, uh, when he pit and crossing yeah. the line, why that's so important? And you can pick you a know? team. You know, you got you got multiple teams. You can pick a team and just and just kind of focus on them. You know, be like, yeah. hey, remember ten laps ago we were talking about this. Now let's correlate to this lap and see what's going right. on with this driver who's back and why he what he's doing and why he's doing what he's doing. So you know, I just feel if they make that effort and can now you know bridge the gap there, I think they'll they'll go a long way in seeing their numbers jump to a different audience. Um, right. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I do got to touch base. I did pick up on watching the race Sunday. Um, so they made a little bit of a rule change when it comes to uh, the pit road speed limit. So with pit road speed limit, they're doing it based off of time versus distance when it comes to coming down pit road. And they're not going off of just necessarily miles per hour or tracking miles per hour. Let's say a pit road speed limit is 55 miles an hour now you can travel 55 miles an hour according to your gauge but just because your gauge says that you're going 55 miles an hour doesn't mean that's how fast the car is actually moving when you got weight and momentum carried in with that speed that speed can exceed 10 plus miles an hour over what you're actually doing and what your gauges are telling you you're doing so basically what NASCAR has governed and limited these guys down to is basically RPM restrictions and what they're allowed to run going down pit road. Not, I, I don't really agree with that. But at the same token, it is a pit road safety thing. Crew guys are the last guys you want to see get hurt out on a racetrack. Cause, I mean, they're exposed. Their bodies are out there. And the last thing you want to see is a body coming flying across pit road. Right. Yeah, so... Looking forward to the race Wednesday. Who do you like coming up Wednesday since they're staying at Darlington? Man, Denny Hamlin looked really good. It's just a really bad shame that, uh, you know, Darlington, uh, you know, they they probably should have used some of that good old Bondo or tape or Flex Seal on the uh, Darlington wall for some of the, uh, you know, banners that they had there. I mean, they were just whipping off and... I mean, it was just, it was awful. The track was, honestly, the track was crap, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> but uh, Denny Hamlin, for them boys going out there and, uh, you know, basically running a straight stock car with no adjustments, no tunes, nothing. I mean, everybody was running basically the same bone stock setup. Hamlin was my guy to go to and, and, and my pick. Um, so I think going into this next race, I think, uh, you know, Hamlin's going to be one you're going to want to keep an eye on. Okay. All right. Well, you mentioned it earlier, Don. They're going to be in the Carolinas for the next three weeks. They was obviously just in Darlington this past weekend. They go to Charlotte, and they stay there for two weeks. They got the Coca-Cola 600 yeah. and then the Charlotte, Charlotte 500. Um, and then they go <laughs> up the road a little bit to Bristol, and then yeah. they come back south to Atlanta. But again, uh, all of this, once again, for people who don't know, there are no fans. No fans. 
Um, and no, and no media except for like a handful of media. It was interesting also to see how they were working out things because a lot of people were in the studio in Fox in California. You only had a handful of people there at the race and all the camera crew. That's a skeleton crew now. How they tried to manage to get everything together. So, quick question to you, Dustin: When you in the car, do you really pay attention to what's going? I mean, I know the answer is probably no, but does do you do you notice? people in the stands or in, in you know or you, uh, 110% of your focus is on on the track well you know even from real life racing experience um you know just the colors in the stands of t-shirts and stuff uh you know they kind of blend together and it's just one big old blur and when you get to racing uh you know you're focused on you know 30 40 yards out in front of you or so and focused on the task at hand and you get that tunnel vision and focus you don't really focus on the left or righty you kind of rely on your other instincts of feeling emotion and hearing really when it comes to you know the cars around you or beside you or anything like that because i noticed in the um, stands they seem to have it seemed to be like fake not fake people but it seemed they seem to have like the seats covered and I didn't know if that was to try to. Uh uh-uh, no, it wasn't a cover. No, that's just how the seats. The that's seats the color with, with no one with sitting. There. Okay, okay, okay. There. Yeah. I wasn't sure if that was. And um, Harvey, yeah. after he won, he got out the car and he said, "That's when he realized there are no fans here." Because yeah. when you get out the car, and they're the, not a wait, wait hundred the roar, thousand people. For right. The roar from the fans. <laughs> there's, there's nobody hey. there. You get out the car, he you just have, won. He just, did just don- quiet. he just did donuts for no reason. Yeah, he just went ahead and just drove. He just drove into the garage. It's part of it. I get totally disappointed. Nobody's cheering, saying his name. Nothing. Thirty seconds later, thirty foot Mike comes yeah. rolling into frame, and yeah. nobody's holding the mic next to Harvick, asking Harvick how the car felt. Yeah, it's <laughs> weird. I appreciate you, Dustin. Well, Let everybody know how they can reach you, man. Yeah, for sure. You guys can uh, check me out on YouTube. Just type in my name, Dustin McGee. Look for the black number three. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at Dustin McGee five. Instagram, Dustin McGee one, Dustin McGee racing on Facebook. I got to give a special shout out to my boys here at DNA Sports Talk. They've been dedicated to me for so long. I love you guys. Best radio station when it comes to talking to sports out here, man. These guys don't play. They will tell you the truth whether you like it or not. And if you don't like it, let them know. <laughs> I think we got some more. Appreciate it, Dustin. I think we got some more. Y'all take it easy. All right. All right I think we got some more guys, um, I think, calling in from File Zone or from uh, Max yeah, TV. Yeah, I know um, Matt, uh, Maverick had, um, uh, was on Periscope. I asked him. I asked uh, who they picking for Darlington Wednesday. He's going with Chase Elliott, who hometown is around here okay. in, near Atlanta, Georgia. He's a Hendrick Motorsports person, so... At this point, you you don't know because it's only the second race, and yeah, yeah. everybody is quote unquote getting their legs up from under the underneath them, get the timing down and everything. Yeah. So it's anybody races going forward. Well, we appreciate those guys tuning yeah. in. Like I said, shout Mac out to um, everybody from um, Saturday nights again. Yeah. Files on Files on um, Max, Max Speed TV. Max Speed TV. My, my apologies. The announcers and everybody appreciate that. Who's who's up next? Hello. Hello. Hey, who do we have? You got D. What's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on? I'm good. Good. What you got? What's your comments? What's your story? What you what you want what you what you want to hear from us? You said what I want to hear from you? No, no, wait. Like, you you call in. What 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 you got? What, we can uh, barely hear you. Yes, sir. Oh, oh. Basically, like, 
I just wanted to talk about boxing. Okay, hey, what's going on? Man, it's just, you know, boxing, that's a, um, it's like, you know when they say boxing, it's a, it's a thinking game? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is. Like, you got to know what punch come in, like, all that, and, like. I got a question. I got a question for you. So, yeah. you, you know we got the next heavyweight bout. We, I don't know if it's been postponed or what, um, uh, Wilder and. What's the other guy's name? Fury. Uh, Fury? No, Fury. Fury. Well, I'll get to that question, too. Yeah, I got I get that question, question too. Right. So do you think because of the COVID-19, do you think any one of the boxes may have gained advantage? Do you think you think the boxers still have been able to train even though, you know, in their sport there is no such thing as social distancing? You, you, do you think – if the fight comes, if the fight is scheduled to, to happen on this regular time and there aren't any fans, do you think that that provides any advantage to any to any one of boxers, or you rather just see the fight happen when everybody can come back and and fill you know fill whatever Caesar's Palace or wherever the MGM Grand or whatever's going to back? Do you do you think boxing What's should, your boxing should mm-hmm. do either one? Should they wait or should they go ahead and go ahead and keep the fight as scheduled as is? I think um. I think they should wait. They should wait. All right. Well, what, hey, man. What got you started yeah. boxing? Uh, you said when I started boxing? Yeah. Is that what you asked? Yes. What got you started? When did you start boxing? Uh, I started boxing like the age of eight. And um, it just like, I was just I was like physical. Because uh, I played basketball and football. It just like, that wasn't really my, my cup of tea. And plus, like, I kind of grew up fighting. So, I just started boxing. You box here locally, or where, 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 do, you, where, do, you, where do you train and box at? I train in Diggsville. Okay. okay. Diggsville. The, uh, huh. the the gym you train at? Let's give them some... Uh, yeah. Where's the gym at? What's the name of the gym? Diggsville Boxing Club. Okay. okay. All right. Cool, cool. Um... Would you like to see Holyfield versus Tyson three? Now that both of them are 50, 50 years old. Yeah, yeah. Who you got? Who? Yeah, who wins? Hmm. That, that's a good question. I tell you what. From what I've seen on videos, granted we have seen only videos. From what I've seen on videos, Holyfield really looked like he's lost a step or two. Tyson looked like that. Tyson looked like that. That uh, Mother Earth has really done <laughs> has get, that 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 uh, that spinach has really given him that Popeye that Popeye appeal. So it as a, like, it's, again, this is gonna be grudge match like the movie where them old boxers trying yeah, to relive yeah. history. I I, I don't. Oh, I be I be honest with you. I go with Tyson, but I don't think neither one of them get past four rounds, four or five rounds. I just I don't think either one would have the the energy or the stamina. So I think if the fight doesn't end doesn't end early the early rounds, it'll be a horrible fight the rest of the way. It'd be a whole right. bunch of running and grabbing. I don't care. <laughs> do, do you have a match coming up soon? Nah, hell, I don't have no fights coming up. Okay. You still training though, right? You still still keeping yourself in shape? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, what's different? What's different? Okay. What's your cheat meal that you go to when you, even though you're training, what's that one thing that you like, oh, I got to have it? Like the, the worst thing about training? No, what's the what's the one meal you go you got to have regardless, no matter what they say, you ain't supposed to have no more carbs or whatever it is. Yeah. What's that one meal you still get, 
Even if you got to sneak it at two in the morning, what's that one meal? The one meal, it'd probably be like some, some uh, like sausages, bacon, and all that. Because like, they tell me you can stay away from the grease. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What do you norm? What's your normal training program? Like, okay, so normally I wake up like five in the morning, get me a little run in, eat like banana and oatmeal. Then, you know, hit some push-ups, shadow box. And then I'll probably, like, do another training around, like, 10. And that'd be, like, just stretching. Like, make sure, like, my muscles and all that work work properly. And then, like, around 3, i do, like, some hard sparring with people. Okay. All right, cool. All right. Hey, let everybody know how they can reach you, man, on social media or whatever. Oh, uh, you can hit me on Instagram at peso. With a zero and dot baby. All right, sounds good. Hey, hey appreciate, appreciate you calling, calling in, D. We have you come back when they decide when Tyson and Holyfield gonna fight. We'll have you. Right. We have you come call in. <laughs> okay, I got you. All right, man. Appreciate Thank you. Thank you. Next caller. Hello. Yo, is it, you hear me? All right. Yes, yes, sir. All right, yo. Oh, I already know who this is. <laughs> a main man. What's going on, baby? <laughs> Okay, those two dudes have made so much money, and they still holding some of it. They both talking slow. They both talking slow, and they ain't talking slow because they in their fifties. They talking slow because they've been packed in, packed in the head so much. On, I think I think I think Tyson talking slow. Tyson always has talked slow, but right. I think he's talking more slow now because you know he on a good little farm. Now. Let, uh, without without saying the exact word that I want to say, I'm just going to say, let that excrement go. <laughs> <laughs> so you wouldn't watch uh, uh, Tyson Holyfield 3, huh? Nah, I watch it. You know, <laughs> three we only talking about three rounds. I, yeah, I watch it. Yeah, I watch it, but come yeah. on, man. I, I'm with you. I'm like, uh, the fight's going to happen, especially now since, you know, everybody's now going to make a, 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 a scramble for 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 viewership. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, boxing. All sports across the board is going to be pressed to, to, to put something on TV. Um, and with USC taking over and yeah, yeah, having it's, all the things that they're doing as far it's, as... Uh, and heavyweight is the one that draws everybody. Heavy. You know what I mean? So even when Mayweather was going you know, 50 and 0 and all that kind of stuff, it wasn't heavyweights. Heavyweights, no matter how good they are, how bad they are, heavyweight is still the king when it comes to boxing. So um, I think, you know, they'll do a versus... <laughs> right, <laughs> they'll do a versus a versus type thing. But I, I, I'm with you, man. I think if, if there's a fight, you know, maybe the first four rounds might be good. Um, but you know, anything past, anything past that, yeah, is three gonna, rounds, those guys are gonna be tied, in my opinion. I, I, yeah, I, let that let that go, man. Go, <laughs> go live off go live off your money and do something smart with it, man. But that that it really isn't what I called about. It's just y'all brought it up while I was on hold. Go ahead. What you got? What else? Now, black to black to black, us all being black, <laughs> I, I think I think we can all identify with something that happened in the Jordan, um, the last dance, 10-part ten, ten series. Do you remember when I called the last time when, the, when they had just gotten through the first episode, and I told you how that touched my heart when Jordan's mama, Dolores Jordan, yeah. was reading that letter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to get in too deep into it, but I, I, I'll tell you now, because I think this is worth our people understanding. In 1898, November 10th, I knew it then. I've known it for decades, okay? There was a major massacre of black folks in Wilmington, North Carolina. 
Maybe they were even some of the ancestors of Dolores Joyner and James Joyner, and that's why they ultimately ended up in New York City. Maybe. Okay? But they wiped out a whole bunch of black folks because the middle class in Wilmington had gotten really strong, and these white folks decided we need to get rid of them. They killed at least 60 black folks, um, jacked up 14 really bad, and ran out over a couple hundred. Okay? When I looked at that, when I watched that lady's expression reading that letter about her middle-class son at that state school that at one time didn't even want his family to come to that school. They were always wanted us to pay taxes for these state schools, but there was a time when they didn't want our folks at these state schools. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. When I saw that, man, I tied that in real quick. Real quick I tied that in in my consciousness that look at what happens when you just let these nice, stable, normal folks breed a middle-class family, which they brought from New York City to Wilmington, raise their kid, go to a taxpayer-funded school, and now they make that big leap from the middle class to the wealth of this country if you just leave them alone so that she could read this nice letter about her normal son, you know, struggling like any other kid that has a fair chance to get into these state schools and make it. So what that, you- t- that, was a, that was a strong tie to me because I knew the history. Yeah, so what 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 you bring up is the conundrum African Americans have when we when we see things about Ahmaud Aubrey in Brunswick, or you see um, things and about two s- young ladies that were yeah yeah murdered. or Sandra Bland, you know certain you know certain Brittany Taylor just yeah, killed her yeah, just killed her in Louisville in Louisville right. a, a, a wrong knock knock raid knock knock uh, that, that happened here in Atlanta. You know, some years ago, and you know, um, they went the the went the, um, the red dogs went killed the grand killed, killed, the killed, the killed the went to the wrong house. She defended herself. Oh, she, Catherine Johnson. Yeah, she yeah. got one of them, but you know, she got yeah. killed. But you know, ninety four years old. You know, right. depending on bad information informant, you know, not not worn. So you know, that got shut down here in Atlanta. Um, yeah, but that's different. No, no. What what I was getting at is the conundrum that we have is. Um, when you, when you, to your point, when things are left alone and everybody has a fair, uh, fair bite of the apple, you want to say it, you know what I mean? Then, you know, and you left to your own doings to, to get to where you at. For the most part, things, things, um, things are successful for people. Whatever you want to define what your success is. That's a you know slippery what I mean? slope to say successful, though. No, because go ahead. I'll no, no, not no, not. So when I mean when I say things are left alone, like things are in place. I can go to school. I pay taxes. I work, and at the end of the day, I want to be able to leave my the next generation at a stronger footing than I had. You know right. what I mean? And so. If you mean success is staying alive, yes. Because that has been the case lately is being black, you don't know when you leave the house if you're going to yeah. return again. But I think what he's trying and, to tie in, though, is... I mean, we all consider it, you know, a success and a blessing just to be above ground. But I think more so now, more than ever, is one of those situations where that is successful. When you can return home to whatever home it is, regardless of where it is... If you can return home, then you've had a successful day. And that's well, nah, the, and, I'm and, not and, in that group. No, and, 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 <laughs> and no, I, I'm about to say, okay, you know what? That's the bottom level. That's that's bottom of the barrel success. 
And not that, for me, and, but and, I, I hear you. And though. that bottom of the barrel success is success is, okay. is a, a success that should be given to everybody. Everybody right. that and leaves out their house should be able to come home, you know, at the end of the day. Period. Should, should be able to. Now, I'm not saying you leave out your house and you have a car wreck, you know I what mean, I mean? Those right. things happen. I, but I should, out, my, outside of unforeseen circumstances. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, but at the same time, everybody should have the ability to leave their next generation in a better suit. Than and leave them as old as, people. As old people. So it's a com- <clears throat> but but you brought up paying taxes, going to a school that you didn't allow me to go to, and and now living and, in and the city that the you city. chase my people out yeah, of and yeah, kill. Yeah. And you and some people think that what you're talking about is 200 years ago. What you're talking about is less than 125 years ago, which in the grand th- scheme of things, that's your grandparents. Is, that's yeah. That's that's one generation ago. You know what I mean? So, and then, and then, when you take in consideration when they moved to Wilmington, they moved to Wilmington in the early seventies. Yeah, so, so it wasn't even that long then. Well, I but, mean, if you if you look at if you look at just how I'm from the South, Don's from, from the South. South. I'm from South Carolina. He's from Georgia. Georgia. If you look at how I could just take Atlanta. If you take Atlanta, how Atlanta is structured right now, I twenty cuts Atlanta in half. And 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 just now recently, maybe the last ten to fifteen years, folks on one side of the twenty never came on the other side, and and folks on one side of twenty never came to the other side. So I twenty was almost a a, a, a built-in racial barrier. So it's you know the, the old school old railroad, railroad don't cross the railroad tracks. You know what I mean? So, um, but most folks on both sides, as the further you get away get caught in a bubble and don't realize that that's how it, it is or how how the city was built but that's how most cities in the south were built charleston uh uh you know even in mid cities charleston columbia macon augusta you know um birmingham uh you know mobile <clears throat> uh chattanooga and it took a great player going back to what you were talking about here it took a great player to not only partner up with uh, a company like Nike, but to have that drive to say, I'm gonna win at all costs, that allowed him to grow into this worldwide megastar and allow others who we've seen lately be able to transcend as well and be able to do things like that. But wait, more importantly than that, is it took two good-hearted, well-focused, normal people to be allowed to have a space in Wilmington, North Carolina, where all five of their children did reasonably well for themselves, not just one. Yeah, one right, did, yeah, right. one did they, better economically than the rest of right, them. But yeah. And then they could produce an environment where that guy could grow up so relaxed that he could move through that from that from that city in Wilmington to that school in Chapel Hill yeah. to the to the economic environment of Chicago and the marketing environment of the capitalist United States and become wealthy. But it started there. And that's why I was like, people. I wish people knew the history of that of that town, right. so that when they see that lady read that letter, they, there's a reason why they 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 wasn't just wanting people to go. Oh, yeah. when that lady was reading that letter, they were saying that that dude came from a normal middle class background. But what they should know is what it took for them to be able to be in that normal yeah. middle class right. background. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's the sacrifices that parents make. Yeah. The sacrifices we make to this day, going back to what you were saying, the sacrifices we make now for our kids to hopefully have something that we didn't have, or at least a chance 
a chance, right? A chance. Now I will. Now I will. I will say this. Unfortunately, that information. We have to look for ourselves, though. We have to put that information out there for people to to That's gravitate why I call and, in. And, and, and gurgitate because they're not going to get it in 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 regular school um, uh, regular school settings. You know what I mean? The books aren't aren't on set for that. The books aren't so you know individuals like yourself or like ourselves when you know we know that information. We got to pass it on, just like information was passed on verbally, you know, for for, for centuries, and, and that's still a way how we pass information on right. is just you know give them that information right. and verbally because people may not be able to go and find it in books because they're not going to be in there yeah. you know Tulsa and 18 yeah you know and um, Black Wall Street 1921 down in down in Florida you know so we have had cities and civilizations where we have been prosperous as as a community and those things have been ripped from us you know what I mean ripped not from the not from the inside out, from the outside in. Yeah, outside in. So you know, domestic. <laughs> there was external forces. Domestic terrorism at the end of the day. So <laughs> you know, but no country is going to want to want to exploit and tell those stories. They're always going to want to give you the you know the highlights. The, the, the highlights and the rosy part. So it is imperative that we educate individuals on that so that they understand. Well, okay, that's why he. He feels and thinks a certain way. It's not because it's, it's, it's out of a, out of hate or motivation. It's not out of it's hate, facts. Or, but it's just facts, and that <laughs> is what drive motivations to do certain things. So that's the reason why he moves. So we appreciate you appreciate you calling in, calling man. Always. November tenth, eighteen ninety-eight, Wilmington, North Carolina. Look that one. Let me say this: to exit in five seconds. Yes, sir. I really wonder if James and Dolores Jordan were descendants of people that actually got chased out of that town back then. They just are. moved back when they when they were able to give, become adults and go back. I wonder if they were. That's the question. Hey, you, know, you know what? I'll talk to y'all later. That's the question. That's the question. We're going to email Jordan and see if he answered. <laughs> <laughs> see it. Uh, we were talking about Jordan playing baseball. So the latest news is it's a 67-page document, but we're going to break down just a couple of high points. The first thing is, should the players do a 50-50 split of revenue? Yes. So, they should... This for baseball? Right? This for baseball. Okay. Should they do 50-50? Because the uh, MLB is losing 640000 a game with no fans. And that's been one of the things that the owners have said, hey, you know, we're losing all this money. Yes, we're a corporation. And in any job, we're going to absolve most of the costs. What we would like is a 50-50 split in revenue so that we can, you know, maintain things. I think if the play, I'm looking at this long term and not just this year here. I think if, and if the Major League, the Players Association for Major League Baseball looks at this and say, you know what, extraordinary situations, We'll, 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 I don't want to use the word cave in, but we'll work with you on this one. And so that for next year or two years down the line, we'll come everything. back, you know what I mean? Players, CBAs and stuff. Yeah, players get, we, it's no different than what they do in government now. Yeah, I'll, I'll sign that bill, but I need this earmark. You know what I mean? I need this right. earmark. So players need to use this as a caveat. Okay, they want all this money now, and this is what you need to give. You need to give me more freedom to move around. Um, from team to team, if I decide if I want to, you know, I want to cancel a contract and get traded or whatever. Like I don't want to be a Mike, a Mike Trout that's, you stuck. know, stuck at in 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 Anaheim for seven, eight, nine seasons. And I know good and well management 
is, has not and will not do anything to help me get over the hump. You know, or maybe they started when I, you know, when I came in as a rookie, but my years six through eight, I've done seen the last three years, they've, they've gotten stagnant. They just happy with selling my name as the, as the moniker to get right, people to get in people there, but in there. I'm not going to win no championships, so I need to get out of here. I, I think it needs to be a 50-50 split, and I think Snell was the pitcher that originally had said back in uh, March, you know, if I get the virus, I get it. Now he's like, hey, I'm the one taking the risk. I need to be compensated for putting my life on the line, and I'm not going to fault him for what he said in March because a lot of us were misinformed in March. We, you know, it seemed to be something that was – Maybe, you know, common or it's not going to really affect me. But now, as things continue to progress, we don't know what's going to happen. So, he's changing his stance now to saying, you know what? I need to get the majority of my money because I'm the one at risk. It's not MLB that is that is at risk. So, let's do the 50-50 split. Let's have the 82 games. Let's have it quarantined and allow players to sign off on it because... You're going. You're going to be away from your family for for months, and you're going to be basically sequestered. You're going to be playing. You know, probably probably have more double headers and things like that. And at this point, yes, be compensated for it. Um, like I said, I'm looking long term. Short. I I, I feel short term. Every, this is all unique. Yeah, I think short term. I in this case, I believe the owners, and when they're saying they're losing half of what they have coming in because you don't have the viewership you don't have the money i can't apply for any of this stimulus money because i don't you know i don't you, fall in that you don't, you don't fall in any of those categories and i'm not saying they should get stimulus right. but i'm just saying so they have no way to make up their their shortfall they, they have no way of making it up so the only way they have making it up is the payroll salary that i'm giving these guys so instead of you making i'm just using small numbers to make sense if you were the dude to get 17 million dollars this year then you know I can really only afford to give you eight and a half, right? Because you play half a year. Yeah. So I and, and so I don't think that's even though their contracts are guaranteed. And yeah. This is well. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I don't know if it'll be difficult logistically to do it, but if they're playing half the games, we'll they should get season. half the money. But whatever money that they were supposed to get that they're not getting because they're only playing half a season, can that be prorated? Or put on later? the back end? Like yeah, yeah, like later on, like you know with. For like example, that. like Bobby, Bobby Bonilla's Bonilla. contract, yeah, yeah. or like or no, Prince Fielder, or like Prince any, Fielder, or right. like any who, other, who is the new Bobby Bonilla's <laughs> yeah. Prince Fielder, because he stands to make twenty some million dollars. He stands to make more money than anybody that's going to play this season, right? If if yeah. and when they play, or like any other business, you know, you think you you think these restaurants haven't talked to their landlords as far as when they pay rent, unless they, but even if they own the building outright, they got to probably still pay a mortgage. You think Taxes. they haven't gone to, you know, gone to the banks or gone to the landlords and be like, hey, I know I owe you X amount of money for it. Let me for, pay you this much until things and, start yeah, to come and back. Then I can, can and I this put is on the, extenuating yeah, circumstances. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't, you can't, you I don't can't think players should put natural the, rules with yeah, what's going yeah. on now. I don't think players should dig their heels in and be like, no, I want all my money in this case. Because I think long term is going to cause them a problem when they really want to be able to start negotiating when it comes time to new new commercial deals and all that kind of stuff whatever you want to you want to have to be able to say you know what when you needed my help nine months ago we didn't do any pushback we helped we took the hit as well and so now 
things are back to where they need to be. You got this new this new deal with what whoever CBS, NBC, ABC, ESPN. All that money is going. You know be what I mean? We need we'll a so we need a bigger piece of the pie. Tomorrow is when things will be decided on them. We'll see what happens. Yeah. guess we're going to stay on a little black history for a second in baseball. Bob Watson passed away. He was the first player to hit for the cycle in both the AL and the NL and the first African-American GM to we'll win, win a World, World Series, Series with the Yankees. With the Yankees. Played he, with um, the Braves. And the Astros, too. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Bob Watson passed away at um, 74. 74. 74 years young. Um, PGA was back for live sports. You had Dustin Johnson and Roy McIlroy uh, going up against Ricky Fowler and Wolf, and it was good to see the players have to carry their own bags. Of course, they had a uh, short song. Of course, their bags were a lot lighter. Mm-hmm. You know, when you can have yeah. someone else carry your you bag, you got the big bag. You put a lot more three, three, four different wedges in yeah. there and all that. <laughs> nah, you bring <laughs> probably a four through a nine, a wedge, a putter. So I got a question driver, with that. Why they didn't allow these guys to just have have carts? Carts. I mean, each one drive their own car. They could have, but I guess... The nostalgia? Yeah. Okay. Of seeing them walk. Because then they'd want the carts all the time. And then the cats <laughs> would be like, what about us? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once everything gets to normal. <laughs> I got you. But it I went got for, you. for good causes. Um, went to a playoff hall because they both uh, part 18. So went back to 17. They did closest to the pin. And that's when um, Roy McElroy had his closest to the pin to help them win. Uh, over a million dollars for CDC and over a million for it was driving for relief. I'm trying to remember the other uh, charity that it was going to, but I think that a lot of people again, just like with NASCAR with golf, you because Listen, it was live sports, you watched it. It ain't but so much Netflix, Hulu, <laughs> Hulu that you can watch. You know what I mean? It is at some point. I, yeah, I want to be able to to, to Take watch it right, and I think. For for some, you know, golf was a little bit easier to watch. And like you, you say it's live sports. Anything, 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 <laughs> right. anything. What they what they doing over there? It, it, <laughs> Let's it, watch this. Like this. <laughs> it was better than the horse that they tried to put on with the uh, yeah, yeah. players. Yeah, with, yeah. The, with the NBA. Yeah, you lost the NBA. Lost you. They did that <laughs> they lost a month ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was done at that point. But it was good to see that. Of course, uh, coming up in a couple of weeks, the uh, actual PGA Tour will kick off and also have more live sports back. Um, real quick before we go to N- uh, NFL, NHL is looking at eight to nine sites now to restart their season. So it looked like they may be starting their season before basketball starts because both of them are kind of synonymous as when they start and when they end. So that's the other thing that they're looking into is they're not a... It's not like team facilities are teams aren't able to get to their team facilities. Some of them. So how do you make it as fair as possible? Especially in New York, you got the Islanders and the Rangers. Where do you allow them to go to start practicing? Be in so Toronto. that they're not behind teams like Chicago and, yeah. or L.A. or you know Tampa. Dallas, Tampa. I know Florida's Florida's open. Florida's yeah. open, so they Texas can practice. Texas is open, yeah. Right. Yeah. So how do you make it fair? And that's one of the things that they're struggling with is, and also they said 17% of the players live outside of the country. I mean, that's a small number, but in retrospect, there's still a lot like, of players. For them. And if they got, and if the they country. left, they left. Can they get can back? They can they get back? back? Right. Yeah. 
So <laughs> that's some of the things that they're trying you know, to Your uncle ain't loud struggle. in that. <laughs> depending, on, depending on what country they coming from. Depending on, right. They listen, where, well, where, from China. Where, where, did so. you, where did you go? Where did you go? <laughs> right. That's, that's, that's the million-dollar question. Where they flying in from? And, of course, the NFL is, has allowed staff to come back. Uh, Goodell made that. But it can't be more than 75 people. Um, at the team facilities. The only players that are allowed to come back are those who had started rehab before things got shut down. Now, if you if your rehab was after that, you can't come back. But if you had started rehab and they said, oh, we're shutting things down, then you're allowed to come back in. But again, it cannot be more than 75 people at the team facilities. No coaches and no regular players are allowed to be at the team facilities. So, and again, they're having the same issue with NHL. How do you make things fair and say, okay, Florida, you're open, but we can't allow players back into facilities when the Giants and Jets yeah, yeah, awesome. and Bills can't get back can't in. Get back, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's going to be one of the issues going forward, you know, well, as again, to when things will actually get started. And that's not just with uh, the NHL or with the NFL. This is with college football too. Yeah, start supposed to start June first, as far as letting players yeah, on campus. campus. Yeah, but right. in NCAA is still trying to figure out how do they resolve how, that. How do they? How do you have a school shut down, but allow technically shut down players to come but back? You in. let players come back. Like what? It ain't. They know how to do it. It's the PR. Like and you, the, you can't double talk. You know what I mean? It's, it's, and, and the same with baseball. Yeah. So okay. If I test positive, I can't play that day. Do I get tested tomorrow and try and see you? Or, or do next they just week? put you in the 14-day quarantine? quarantine? And to that point, the PR, we're going to have so many tests only available for pro sports. Um, what about the, the staff who is going to have to handle that? So if I get sick and affect you know, half the team, what kind of strain is that putting on medical workers in that particular city you yeah. know why why are you adding to the chaos why right exactly because that's the whole thing of staying at home now it's not to have so many cases go up to put a burden on the medical staff so, yeah you don't who, overrun, let's give a shout out thank you, you all for doing a great and amazing job right now you don't want to continue to burden on them put that burden on them <laughs> somebody said hazmat suit and sentiment coach <laughs> <laughs> We and the fans, because we at home, we don't care. Right. Y'all better be playing. <laughs> <laughs> so, that hey, it's something that may to be seen. Uh, speaking of staying at home, your boys, um, De- my boy. DeAndre. He my boy. He with Seattle now. He, they, oh, they no. He was pick. your boy. No, nah, no. Nah, he ain't Quentin, as Quentin a, Dunbar. As of right now, Quentin is Dunbar. he on the Redskins? He was. When well, no, we last he, saw him play. He was with right. As of right now. As of that. No, what matters is. Who cut his check in, in all the publications? Y'all just separated. I know. Hey, look, y'all I just know. Separated. I know. Y'all why they, why y'all they, just separated. Why they kept so on showing him? You. He is no. He is a Seahawk. Nope. <laughs> he is he on ain't the, got no jersey. He on the West. He won't have a jersey. Though. He ain't got no jersey. <laughs> he, 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 he still got the rest. The every time I look, I say, why did you show this man in the so, garden and go? He ain't on the team no more. <laughs> four counts of aggravated assault with a firearm. They supposedly held up a, a card game that they had gotten. Basically, Jick for they were a couple talking weeks about ago. The NFC East is a beast because the other dude from the Giants, <laughs> right? Who, who went to Georgia? DeAndre Baker. Um, why? Stay why? home. 
Amen. Why? Amen. We I talked mean, about this on um on Rick's show on Friday, and basically it's like, look, you are you are a public figure now. You, you can't, can't you can't, can't go to the same parties you, you used to, to go to. Right. Yeah. You, you, you can't go back to the block. It's um you saw that real another quickly. another whole reference. Um right. <laughs> You shoot, you shoot me, you famous. <laughs> I shoot you, I'm brainless. So you, you can't. But going back to the last dance, so Jordan, we know about his gambling and stuff and everything. And then when his dad passed, we saw the guy named Gus who began to be a father figure of him. And he started, Gus started being that protector. So, and Jordan even said, I had to learn, you know, I had to change who I was around. Yeah. So if Jordan who, you know, could lose money and not saying he quit gambling, but who he was around had to change. When you get in the NFL, NBA, they put you in a class. League, soccer, whatever. They give you a class. You need to learn how to change some of the people that you're I'm around. I'm not giving these doofuses an uh, 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 excuse here. They put you, take a class. No, they have they a, the rookie symposium. So, yeah, right. they, yeah, they, they so, all fall asleep in it. And they give them a financial lesson too. I mean, I get but, it. This is this is just stupid. You <laughs> you <Yeah>. you, <laughs> you get robbed, but don't nobody know you got robbed. Right. So you go and stick it up. And then and you go to invite everybody with no mask except back, for the one person. Back to your whatever. Right. Back to the card game where everybody know you having the card game up. Right. And then you go. You stick got up, all three cards and you go outside stick, to ride You go stick up too. everybody who you just you just invited. Right. <laughs> Something of that nature. I know I got some of the facts, some of the facts mixed up, but at the end of the day, man. Why? Why? I don't right. understand. Got some roster spots open. Somebody else has to got to get filled in. But he don't play for the Redskins no more. Yes, he does. No, he don't. He's a skew. He is not on die roster. <laughs> uh, before we get out of here, so NFL. It's, 10, it's 9 o'clock already? Yeah. Dang. We only got a couple minutes. Two hours going. Six minutes, six minutes. Um, NFL has a new Rooney rule. That if you hire a minority coach, you move up six spots in the, in third, the third round. round. If you hire a minority GM, you move up 10 spots in a round. If you hire both, you move up 16 rounds. And it has to be after they've had a full year. And they've said now, if you're going into the third year with either one of those minorities, it's in the fourth round that you move up. Giving incentives. Um, well, yeah, you move you move up in the fourth round if they get to a third year, right? And if you hire a minority QB coach, you get a compensatory fourth round pick, pick. right? I I will say I appreciate the effort or the thought process, and maybe this has to do with um, Jay behind the scenes or. What Malcolm Jenkins has tried to do, or a combination of both, or a combination of both, but some type of progress. I, the whole incentive, I think it should be more. You should make it at least a second round. That first round just depends on how you play. We gonna you know disagree. We gonna disagree all but day. Second, tonight. second round, you should have more of an incentive. I don't believe giving people. And hold on, it should be at least a second round. The one thing that I like more so than that, which. I don't know if that'll work. I appreciate the fact that now you have to do at least two minority interviews and more of the... That's uh, a new rule. That's a new rule. More of the interviews 
have to be um, coordinator positions. That that was never part of Rudy 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 was just basically head coach. Now they're making it go as far as assistant coaches. Because we all know if you're not an assistant coach, it's hard for you to, or a position coach, it's hard for you to become a head coach. That's where they, that's where the pool comes from. So even now today, if you're hiring for a job, you're going to pull from a certain pool of individuals. Mm-hmm. You're going to pull people that you pull uh, look you like know. you, yeah. went to the same fraternity, sorority, yeah. uh, went natural. to the same college as you. Or your network in the is, same right. Your network the same is network. your network. So yeah. So if you're in the room with and have a chance for a job with those position coaches, that gives you a, a better chance of getting a position as an NFL coach or GM. I like what they've done. I don't like giving them an incentive to do what is right. But they weren't going to do it anyway. No, but here's what I I I rather have the reversal of it. I like the rules they put in. I like making sure we have coordinators and things of that nature. And mm-hmm. so then the likelihood of you being hired as a head coach right, goes yeah. up. I want my teeth to be where if you don't do these things or you you haven't done these things, and when we do an investigation that finds out that you purposely haven't done those things, you need to lose draft picks. I don't need to be giving you draft picks because you're doing what should be right. I don't need to be giving you draft picks because you're hiring people who are obviously qualified and better than who you've been hiring. I don't need to give you. I don't need to be giving you props for doing what's right. And that's what that seems to me. Like th- to me, this is the equivalent of a participation award, and we hate those. And who Not wants so to be? Much- I, 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 who wants to be looked at as the diversity hire? But if you're not gonna get it, like anyway, he, like this guy just got no, hired because of the or or this this draft pick action. happened. He went to this particular team because they they hired a minority coach, and now they get to move up in the draft. Right. I feel now you make you make more dumb hires because because not every minority person should be hired as well. So I feel now you make more dumb hires just so you can get a, a draft a, a place up in the draft. I shouldn't reward you. For trying to do what is right, but I think you're not going to do it anyway. But think about it, and that's why I said said the T the T should be taken away. You got you you got two years to hire and have whatever percentage that is of a minority and at quarterback coach or defensive lineman, not or just across the across the board or whatever. And then so every team should have at least ten yeah. percent of and their now, staff. And need. yeah, and now if you don't have that, and I do my investigation to find out why you aren't doing it, just the way they did this investigation, they realized that they weren't even doing that. They weren't even doing the the initial interview that was asked to have. They, yeah, they that, was. They that weren't start, even doing that. Then you know what? You don't do the initial interview. You go from if you oh, fine. I forget fine. They don't care about money. Draft picks is more than picks. more than money. You need to drop. So. And and now with the new rule, you have to interview two, two minority candidates out that are not already on the staff. So I feel yeah. like some teams would just, hey, let let's get the janitor down the hall and interview him for the head coach, and that would be that would satisfy but the Rooney it, Rule qualification. It will, it will always be a way to cheat the system. I get it, but now if, you, if I to find out point. if I find out you actually cheating the system, you need to lose draft picks. I don't need to be giving you for half heartedly doing. What you should have been doing anyway. That's so how would, I'm looking. Would they at be it. interviewing some other team's janitor? Yeah, <laughs> I can see we, it. We're too. talking about <laughs> we're talking about 32 individuals. If they could keep Kaepernick out, is it, it's a way to do things between I just, 32 I just, people. I just feel and those still th- be on the same accord. Come I on, feel man. those 32 people. The way you get 
10 of them, 10 of them may have good heart attention. The way you get the other 12 of them, I mean the other 22 to come on board is not to give them an incentive, is to take something away from them. And what's more important to them than money is the draft picks. Well, moving what, up is, is big too. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, that's that's and that's why I don't like it. Like that's the first thing that came to my mind. I mean, like, this you, goes back to basically affirmative action, and I understand that you know some people don't want to be the token of whoever that is. The other thing too is, let's be honest, we can kill two birds with one stone by getting a woman and having a white woman as a position coach, as opposed to having. Someone who's black. Well, they've already done that. They say though, minority, but I already you, got. When you say minority, you but, think black. But, but we already got. We already got two women. Arizona Cardinals has a position. She's yeah, a wide receiver. Niners and the 49ers. I thought it was a third team. Then I thought no, it's just both out west, just west coast. Yes, so Arizona and San Fran. Right. So I mean, I expect to see. And we got women as uh, as minority owners. Um, Condoleezza Rice with the 49ers yeah. has stake in in the 49ers. So I mean, women are doing certain things. And you got hired because I'm hopefully you will qualify. So I don't need to be giving you an. I don't. Well, I need to give Arizona now a first round draft pick because no, they, they did what was right because they already have it. I'm just saying, just you know, be, because they did what was right for they, you know, and she and she's a minority. I just feel I think it's the teeth. The teeth. I think that, the, big, the the thing. The main thing is to make sure that you have at least two people interviewed yeah. and extending it down to position play. Oh, I'd rather have a law. I don't want to stop recycling the same. You've been hired. You, you've been hired. You've been fired and hired three times. I don't, I don't think you, maybe you need a two a, a three year delay before you get hired right, as a yeah. head coach again. That way you force teams to or bring somebody get else. The guys in. that get the, the minority candidates who did get fired. Give them like they a lot of times they choice. don't get a yeah, the minority. Yeah. Not a lot of times don't get they a second never chance. Get that second chance. But they should have first what they call like um, when you're doing the uh, PSLs, first right of refusal. Right of refusal. Yeah. Okay. They, the one who's just got fired do, do, as a minority, do, have first right of refusal. Do at you want to interview with them? No, job, I don't want to interview right, with them. Head coaching job and the prominent player position. Yeah. That's all, fine. OC and DC. I, I had no problem with that. But I, I still, I'm not, I don't want to give a team stocks to, to jump up in the draft. I don't think that's fair. Hey, appreciate you all tuning in. Make sure you follow DNA Sports Talk on. On Twitter. DNA Sports Talk on. Instagram. DNA Sports Talk on. Facebook. DNA Sports Talk on. Snapchat. Reach us directly. DNA Sports Talk at Gmail. Website. www.dnasportstalk.com. Back in next Monday. WWE 1100 AM. See y'all next week. Peace. Welcome to DNA Sports Talk. This is Don the D and DNA. This is Ace of the A and DNA. Where we come to you live each and every Monday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On WWE AM 1100, iRadio Now, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. Where we bring the facts about sports. If you don't agree, say so.